This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is shrine and its fans delay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Jisoo Kim, and I'm back from Europe. <laughs> it's been a month since I've been back. <laughs> I should probably, um, I'm going to do a recap episode. Uh, I should really do a recap episode. Anyway, uh, today I'm here with my good friend, Ganji. What's up, Ganji? Hello, everyone. How's it going? All right. Um, if you don't remember, he was on the Arsenal season. And oh, my God, a long way since then, that episode when Arteta just got, what, Arteta just signed. And then you were like, give him time. And now top of the league. Um, when it comes to Arteta and Arsenal, I have been very wrong on very many occasions. So now I'm just enjoying the ride. <laughs> very yeah. takes. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, just a heads up, uh, before we get into the meat of the episode, which is we're going to have a World Cup conversation, talk about how we think this World Cup is going to go down. But I want to just share a quick anecdote. I saw Ganji last weekend. He was here in Montreal because he lives in Toronto. He was here in Montreal for like, what, four or five days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We met up at Burgundy Line. We watched an Arsenal game versus uh, who did he play? Wolves. 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 <laughs> I already forgot. <laughs> and we're watching them play against Wolves. And at some point, I when the game was over, I looked at him. I was like, "Dude, you're like a point clear from City." Or is it one point? It's it's a point or five points. Five points clear, City with a game in hand. And then I looked at him. I was like, "How does this feel?" He's like, "Something has to go wrong. <laughs> Something has to go wrong." <laughs> Trauma. Trauma. Do you think do you still think something's gonna go wrong? Let me put it this way. Last time we we're in this position, it wasn't even the 2010s. Mm-hmm. We're talking 09, I think. And our best striker broke his leg. Uh, who was the striker at the time? Eduardo. Eduardo. That one, wow. That was one of the last few times I genuinely remember us having a very good uh run of games where we were number one for a period of time up until <laughs> the winter. Yeah, and my man just broke his leg. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like that's the most Arsenal thing that could happen. Oh, and uh, I mean, if breaking his leg was the only thing, he broke his leg. Our captain at the time, Gallus, uh, sat on the field and sobbed uh, like a child. He sobbed when Eduardo cried when he broke his leg. It was against Birmingham, bro. I remember this like like it was yesterday. It was against Birmingham. Uh, what what? What year was this? That's what I'm trying to figure out. It was in 14 years ago. So in 08. So it's been that long. And uh, it was at Birmingham. Just to tell you how long ago that was. Birmingham. Where are they now? I don't know. They're like, but, uh, they're like, I don't think they're championship. Are they? Like, they're probably Div 1. We were then the MLS at this point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so that's the last time I remember us being like in front in the winter months where I felt somehow confident. So, I mean, yeah, it's been that long. So, yeah, I'm Man. being reserved. Because it's too good to be true. Because like, yo, this Arsenal side, I told you, I, I, became, I bandwagon right in front of you then and there. I'm like, I'm an Arsenal fan now. I don't like Liverpool. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, <laughs> I, I get it. I did that like two years ago. I did the opposite. I was like, forget Arsenal. I'm... Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Van Dijk. I was like, ooh, go. Yeah. Yeah, now they suck. So I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. But all Liverpool fans, I'm kidding. 
I don't know. Arsenal's, Arsenal's just too much fun to watch right now. They're so good. They're so good. Everyone's young. That's what I like. Everyone's young. Everyone's charismatic. Everyone, everyone, they're all ballers. That's what I love about them. Yeah, and they're like, you know, they're young guys who a couple years ago, we just said had potential. And I think now they're starting to show and prove on a more consistent basis that not just potential, that you know, they're you know, performing regularly, which yeah. has often been a problem for us. You know, we've often had you know, diamonds in the rough who just never really performed often enough and regularly enough. And now we have not just one person, sometimes we just have one. Now we have a few that we can kind of rely on to have, you know, uh, really good games. And a lot of them are going to World Cup. So I'm a little worried because, mm. uh, you know, chances are, you know, they're going to come back either exhausted or injured. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, do you know, but at least Smith Rowe will be still fresh. He'll be back fully fit. So at least you got that. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, it's like, it's it's a very weird place to find yourself in because if you are really into your club team, you low-key don't want your star players to go too far into the World Cup mm. because the more chances they'll get injured or the more chances that the rest of the season will be compromised because they'll have too many games uh, in their legs, you know? So yeah. Look at Haaland. He's being rested. Oh, my God. Not being rested, but, you know, he didn't qualify, so. He could just chill. And the, when there's rumors or, or things, people saying that he was fatigued before uh, mm. the break, so he's going to have a month to kind of just recover and just and, get yeah. back to scoring 15 goals in, like, what, seven games? Something ridiculous like that? He's, he's, um, he's too good. He's like a, uh, you know, bro, he's a cheat code. He's like a cheat code. I'm like, Remember the video of the guy freaking out? The, man, the like the Mancunian guy who's like, I guess, a United fan. He's yeah. freaking out to his girlfriend. He's like, he's already scored eight goals in four games. Like, no, like this is a two, this is too Incredible. crazy. But yeah. But anyway, I digress. Let's go, let's get back or get into World Cup. So Good. before before we started, you mentioned Loris. You're like, did you hear about what happened to him? And I said no. Oh, okay. So um I just started reading up about this just before we kind of hopped on the call. Um, he apparently doesn't want to wear the anti-discrimination armband as captain of France. That's oh. going to have a uh, rainbow that, of course, will be representing the LGBTQ plus uh, community and kind of like, I don't know, making a some sort of unruff political statement as a term. Okay. But, uh, so he's not going to be wearing that, uh, the armband, or I think he said he wouldn't want to. I'm not sure. We'll have to see if he actually does wear it because we don't know mm-hmm. sometimes people say things, but then they can some pressure can be put on him from the French Football Federation, from FIFA, from activists, you know, who knows? Yeah. And uh, what I saw, his reasoning was something along the lines that when people come to France or England, they respect we expect them to respect our cultures and our customs. So I will not be doing something that can be considered to be uh, <laughs> controversial when I'm in Qatar because I'm going to respect, um, I may be, you know, I, I've seen I, I see it, yeah. places, but like he's kind of implying that he's doing it to be a good uh, guest in Qatar or something like that. Uh, well, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> I'm not too sure about, you know? <laughs> Yo, just like oh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I understand. I think it was him as well. Maybe it was the same context of this of the situation. Because yesterday I was chilling with uh, Ketia, 
from Darby and we we're, were having conversation. She was saying something like, Loris is just kind of said something to the effect that he's fed up of like, why should players say anything? We already have enough pressure being players. So why are we putting into, into these political, let's call political, put into these sociopolitical situations that we uh, have are not qualified to speak on. We're just players. We just want to play and focus on the game. Which to that, in that regards, fine, sure. I guess if you just want to stay apolitical and not, you know, like I don't want to get involved in anything, cool. But at the same time, like, you know, it doesn't, it's not, just, just wear it. <laughs> you know, mm. it's like, just wear it. Like, if you care about human rights, just just wear it, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to force anyone to do anything, but at the same time, it's like, it's an armband and it's symbolic. Yeah, you know, and um, in one of the articles that I was reading, it's like, he's worn something similar to that because he's a captain sometimes for Tottenham or, mm. um, you know, the Premier League has already done some sort of, you know, political statements for certain things like... Mm-hmm. Whether you think uh, Black Lives Matter for the past like two years prior to I think this one, um, so I think he's done political statements. So it's I'm not too sure what the reasoning is. Um, now that I think about it, isn't Harry Kane the captain at Tottenham? Or yeah, Loris. Uh, I think it's I think it's Loris because I re- I, re- I recall like seeing Henderson with the rainbow armband like this yeah. season. So I know that other captains have done so as well. So I'm wondering. Either he has or his captain for his team has. So I don't know what's changed this time. Maybe he could be trying to be completely <laughs> political, but yeah, you say like, I think maybe there's one thing when you're, let's say you've worked your whole life to be in the World Cup. Um, you know, it's every, every person's dream. And then it's like a press conference. And then maybe you're being grilled about some of the, you know, some of the geopolitical mm-hmm. uh, happenings in the world. And you're just like, this is my moment uh, to kind of yeah, sort of shine. And as you say, maybe I'm not feeling comfortable. I don't have vocabulary to express. Maybe even if I did have certain opinions on the things going on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe they're like, oh, why do we have to do all this all of a sudden right now? Why do we have to be the spokespeople for, uh, um, you know, our nations in the world? But I don't know. It's, it's a complicated uh, conversation to have because it's like, these people do have a lot of influence and a lot of power, and um, we can't ignore that fact. And uh, there, there, there are a lot of things going on right now in the world, specifically revolving around this uh, World Cup, you know, in particular. And people are like, you know, curious to hear what some of these idols and heroes have to say. May they, you know, maybe not be your heroes, but they are for many people. So, yeah, very interesting. Dilemma there, um, they find themselves in. Yeah, I. It is an interesting dilemma, and there's always like a lot of weird things happening. Did you okay? Did you see this post earlier today? I saw it on Instagram where it was um. Supposedly, allegedly, inside information, uh, alleged that Qatari officials have paid off four or five Ecuadorian players seven million dollars to lose the their opening match against Qatar one nil. So Ecuador will lose to Qatar one nil in the opening match. And it, I think like an hour later, the post was was taken down. They took it down. And yo, part of me was like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. But also part of me is like, people are looking for a lot of reasons to hate on Qatar right now. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of, uh, I don't know. It's like, I, I think one of my friends, 
one of my friends the other day says like people already hate Arabs enough like like let's let's chill it you know and it's but at the same time grain of salt I low-key sometimes believe Korea paid off the refs to beat Italy 2002 <laughs> you don't seem too mad about it though no <laughs> Bro, we beat Portugal. We beat Italy. We beat Spain. Spain, yeah, yeah. I like everyone. That's why all the Europeans are like, you know, if I'm being honest, they're like, how did these Chinese people beat us? And I'm like, because these Chinese people are Korean, and we're pretty good at this. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're hilarious. Like, yo, I'm pretty good at this. And um, but yeah, like, uh, I don't know. There's, it's already a very tense World Cup getting into it. I'm just curious. I feel like there's going to be some shenanigans that's going to happen off the pitch that everyone's going to be like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know. I think there's, there seems to be a, something in the air where people want to hate on this World Cup. But also they've given us so many reasons to hate on it because, yeah, yeah. first of all, it's coming at this time of the year. Awful. I hate um, that. Awful. And it makes it stand out, right? It makes mm-hmm. it sound like a sore thumb. Like, wait, what? Why is it in, you know, in the heart of winter? Or yeah. Winter for us. But let's just say, why is it not uh, in the off season for club football? Let's put it that way, because that kind of takes yeah. it away from our being our perspective. But um, why is it at this time of the year? Oh, I never knew Qatar was a football nation. Well, in fact, it's not. It's not really a football nation. Oh, it, you know, it's a really maybe people think, oh, it's a really big nation, and they, you know, uh, not that either. And then there's all these. I don't know if the allegations have been confirmed or proven, but like of corruption and. Mm-hmm. It's not a good look that the previous location of the World Cup was Russia. So yeah. Russia being followed and now Qatar. So maybe uh, there are all these things that are, you know, that have happened that maybe are not just Qatar's fault. And, you know, FIFA is also kind of getting off, I feel, lightly on this because they're pointing the finger yeah. at Qatar, Qatar, Qatar. But it's like, okay, wait, who gives um, the it's you guys. nation the right to host in the first place? Ah, FIFA. Oh, how, how, how did that process happen? Oh, there's a little, okay. Why, where's the old president of FIFA? Oh, didn't he have like allegations or like, wasn't he like, did uh, you, did you read what he said? Where he was like, maybe Qatar was a mistake. I'm like, bro, you said yes, you took the money. (laughs) Like, I love how they're washing their hands of Qatar before the ball's kicked. I'm like, wow, you guys have no spine. Like, just say like, like, bro, just stick to your guns. Be like, it's going to be a good World Cup. Everyone relax. It's going to be a good World Cup. We're going to watch good football. It's going to be Argentina-Portugal final because we want it that way. <laughs> That's my conspiracy theory. Yeah. And we're going to have fun. Portugal, maybe they'll just be like, all right, let's just... I'm, I'm telling you, I've been saying this since last year. It's going to be an Argentina-Portugal final. And I don't feel crazy about saying that. I don't. Because It would be... Uh, all right. it'll, be like, it'll be like... I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to watch that final because... Two, the stakes would be too high only for two people. Ah, it takes away from the countries and the team. It takes away from the country. It takes away from like, um, and, it, and you know, it's like if, for example, Messi or Ronaldo don't play a great game or don't score, it'll be like, oh, that, the final is actually kind of whack. No, um, like, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it would take, uh, yeah. there'd be too much shine on just those two players. And you know, in finals like that, it's really like the main guy who does the thing. Like in the few finals I can recall, I mean, except maybe 2018, where it was like Mbappe and Pogba were two of the main stars of the team. Yeah. But or I'm or 2000, like Gotze. Or 2006, uh, Zidane. Yeah. Zidane Matarazzi. 
there you go. It was like an incident that, you know, it's not always, sometimes like the semifinal is better than the final because. Oh yeah. Maybe the jitters are less. Because uh, like at that powerful. point, because I feel like semifinal football is they're playing to like, they're, they're playing as if they're going to die tomorrow. And then the final is more like, we don't want, like, it's more conservative. You know what I mean? It's like more reserved. They're playing a little more like, we don't want to make a mistake or semifinals yeah. like make all the mistakes now because this is our only chance of getting in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once you're in the final, like when you make a mistake, like who remembers who was in the 2014 semifinals? I mean, except Brazil because they lost. Was it semifinals seven. when they lost 7-1? 7-1. Yeah, semifinals. But even if, if that had lost 7-1, if it was like a respectable score, it would have gone no, and no one would remember, right? Mm -hmm. Netherlands lost to Argentina. It's fine. But we always remember seeing Messi looking at his like MVP trophy. Yeah. And looking disgusted. So yeah. it's like there's nothing worse than being so close and then not actually getting there. So you're right. I think maybe the jitters are so like, you know, you're, you're completely like choked up by the moment. And that's it. I think, yo, I think they said there's going to be 5 billion people watching this, this World Cup, which I'm like 5 billion. That's, that's like 75% of the planet that's going to watch, which that's, yeah, that seems too much. That seems a little much. Yeah, it seems a little much. Maybe, you know what they do sometimes? I hear they add the like number of viewers. Like they say, oh, 100 million watch this game, this game, this game. And they all together. Because I think I read somewhere where it said like the last World Cup was like something like 3 billion. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way 3 billion people stopped and they just watched this game at this one point. So I think there's kind of played the numbers, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the most watched event in sports by far. You know, like, no, part of me. Football. We all forget. I mean, no Super Bowl, but like, to me, what's crazy? If it's an Argentina Portugal final, to me, I was like, that's the first time of the apocalypse. It's solving the biggest debate in world football. You know, because after that point, what is there left to debate? Mbappe and Mbappe and Holland. I mean, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. I mean, granted, I think those two will break Ronaldo Messi records. I think they will. I think Holland's already on on track of doing that. But I don't know. Maybe we're just old dudes who are hitting on the young. No, but if you think about it, that narrative of Ronaldo versus Messi has been ongoing since 2008. Bro. 14 years. That's a long time. It's a long beef. It's a long, it's a long beef. beef. And it's like, it's not really necessarily their beef, but it's like everyone in the world has been like invested in this rivalry. Yeah. So if it were to come to a head like now when one is 37, one is 35, and it's the last dance, last hurrah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a script that you in Hollywood can write, you know? I want to see a doc about that. I want to see a doc about that. But I want time. I want like the last dance of MJ where they sat on the footage for like 20 years, 30 years. Uh, and then like, because for, for some, it was a re an introduction to MJ. True. And others, it was a reintroduction. But it's like, there was enough time for us to kind of wonder and like ask ourselves like, yo, mm. do we even know the history well? So when we saw it now, it's like, and you found respect for, you know, not only MJ, but everyone that like played in his era. And it was a compelling story. And it wasn't, uh, it was, I compared it to like the Neymar documentary, which felt like an ad. Oh, Whereas oh. the last dance was a bit like, you know, MJ didn't, didn't look like a superhero all the time. I like that. I like that they showed MJ as like, he's an absolute beast, but it's also problematic. Like there's like you, undeniable talent, amazing, but like, his behavior is sometimes really shitty. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, is that what it means to be an absolute winner? It's like, to me, that's, that's kind of like my moral conundrum was like, 
is like, is that what, do you have to be like that to be a great? And I'm like, mm, you know, and it's kind of like, it, it's, it's one of those things like don't meet your heroes kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah. But, but on the flip side, a lot of great memes came out of last <laughs> dance. It's real. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's a, uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. I think this world cup is interesting. Like I, I'm kind of lukewarm about it. I'm excited, but not excited at the same time. I don't like mm -hmm. the fact that. I don't like the fact that there's so many injuries. Like France, how many players are injured on France alone? Like uh, Nkuku just was, you know, he just got injured. Two days ago, yesterday, yeah. Yeah, and who else? Uh, Conte is injured. Pogba, Conte. Uh, uh, Nkuku is injured. Um, there was someone else, I think. Varane is on the squad, but I think he was injured the past few weeks. Yeah. It's just not the same. I don't know. This France team, how do you think France will do? Uh, not too well. I think they have a great attack. Uh, one of the, I'm going to have a great time watching them. Griezmann, Mbappé, and Benzema together. Oh. I remember them in the Euro sometimes. It was just ridiculous, you know, and they didn't even know each other that well back then. So it's going to be really fun. Their defense, I think is good too. If the I had this fit, um, I think it's, uh, Kimpembe in the middle with him. Uh, one of the, yeah. one of the Hernandez brothers on one side and Pavard. Mm -hmm. And Loris, I think that's solid, but I feel like the midfield is just not. This is yeah, Kamavinga and Chouameni, but like if you have those two guys working really well, who is the creative outlet? You know, who's going to be Pogba? Who's going to be putting that ball for? Gwendouzier, I don't see him doing that. Veretout, no, neither. Uh, Fofana. Yo, it's going to be it's Rabio. Rabio is going to carry the midfield. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> is he even on the squad? Guard. Of course he is. <laughs> nothing makes sense i don't know what he's doing in that squad like it's, it's so wild he's oh he's such an enigma that guy he's such an enigma i just don't i always thought at psg he was okay good mm. rotation player but not a carry you know i don't know i don't know but i don't know what he does either to be honest with you um but do you know do you know there's one country that no one ever people rarely bring up but it's netherlands i think they're gonna do really well this year they're serial chokers, though. They are, but... Might be, I, like, disrespectful, low-key, but... <laughs> they do, though. Yeah, like... I, I, you know... But sorry, go ahead. Like, yeah. No, no. Think. Okay, but... Yeah, like... Okay, because, like, when I'm looking at the group right now, they're with Ecuador, Netherlands, uh, Qatar, Senegal. I think that should be easy for them to make it out. Yeah. I like that they're a young squad. I like that there is still a level of mystery with some players. We don't know how they'll be like as a unit. We see them in the respective clubs. You know what they can do. But now seeing them together, we're just saying, let's see how this works out. Like Van Dyke and De Ligt as center backs. I think that's very interesting. Now Frankie de Jong, Wijnaldum in the midfield. I like that. Wijnaldum's Memphis. out. Broke oh, he's not? All oh, right. Okay, they're gonna they're gonna choke. I'm a. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Wait, I don't know who's in the middle with. Uh, I can't think of anyone. The young. Oh, uh, Van de Beek. Oh yeah, Van de Beek. Oh my god, yeah, Van de Beek, and uh, and then who's like oh Bergwijn? Uh, Bergwijn's uh, killing it right now with Ajax. True, true. Bergwijn's killing it. The pie is so good. The pie's the pie. I feel like always performs for the national team. Yeah. So they're an okay squad. They're not bad. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see them. I feel bad for Senegal. I feel bad for Sadio Mane. I feel that's who I feel the worst for. I was 
really rating the Senegal team. I was like, this Senegal team is going to do bits. And now they just officially with that Mane out of the World Cup, which makes yeah. me really, really sad. Really sad. Because I think he deserved to be there. I mean, after the season he had last season and like not winning Champions League, going to his new team and performing really well. I didn't think he would get the Ballon d'Or, but I think it would have been like the continuation of like his season that he had last year, which is really excellent and the season he's having now. So he could have made like a real dent in this World Cup. And I think he elevates the Senegal team. But now without him, I feel like they're just really not the same thing. Not the same. I don't know. But do you know what I like? I like Group B because Group B is like NATO versus Iran. It's like, it's, yo, for real, like it's England. Like U- <laughs> it's, it's England, USA, Wales versus Iran. I'm like, uh, when, I, when, they drew, when they drew this group, I'm like, Oh, you're just asking for trouble. <laughs> People, you're just asking for trouble. Like, this is yeah. such a political affair already. Imagine China qualifying and China was in that group. Dude, that's just way too overt of, of things. I know. <laughs> but my, my, my question is, is that, and maybe we, there's, there's no answer. I'm not expecting to give an answer, but it's like, I'm wondering with all the protests happening now in Iran. Oh. And how passionate uh, Iranian fans are when it comes to football, because I remember when they played, I specifically remember for, in 2014 when they really held on for a long time against Argentina. I remember. And I think the last minute, I think, was it Di Maria who scored like a banger? A, a banger? Yeah. <clears throat> but I remember just like, you know, my friends from Iran were so proud of that like performance and, you yeah. know, they're really like, you know, football, like loving nation. So I'm wondering now with all of the protests happening, and everything happening in, in Iran as well. I wonder how that's going to translate in uh, the overall support from people of Iran or of Iranian descent around the world. That's a, mean, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. I, I don't know. I, like, I think for me, it's more, uh, I'm, I'm with you where I want to see how it happens. Because like, I have not met a dispassionate Iranian fan. I've never met a dispassionate Persian person. Like, Persian people with their passion are sometimes the best and worst people at the same time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like the best because like there's such a passion that you respect, you love, and you wish you had. But sometimes like if that passion is used against you, you're like, oh, you're the worst. Yeah. You're the worst, bro. <laughs> like it's, I like play- a, it's like a Diego Costa-like player, you know? Yes. You love those players because they're so passionate and in it. So when they're in your team, you're willing to do everything. You love yes. them and you go to war with them. But then when you're playing against them, when you're in the receiving end, Forget about it. Remember the one time we were playing futsal and there's that one Persian team that was just like, oh, <laughs> they, were, they good. were good. They were good. It's just, it's just that the captain of the team was the worst. The yes. worst. Because he was just like a sore, oh, he was just a jerk. I hated that guy, but he was good. And he knew he was good. Yeah. And he knew his team was good. It wasn't just him. He had like his boys backing him. It, but it's the, like, yeah. But I remember, no, I remember one guy on that team. I remember at the end when we lost them at the final of futsal, I was talking to one of his teammates. He's like, he's like, I love my team, but the, he's talking about the captain. I love him. He's a great player, but like, he gets us in trouble all the time because he's too passionate. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, I like you because you're the level-headed one. And he, I yeah. yeah. But yeah. Oh, Ron. I ho- Do you think they're going to make it out this group? Uh, sadly, no. I think the other teams, they're not a... I mean, they always play well. They always put on a good performance. Sadly, I'm not too familiar with the, a lot of their players. Yeah, me too. Um, but like Wales is a good team. Mm. They have Gareth Bale, 
Magic yep. man. Oh, uh, big, big game player. Big game player. Always, always had, especially for his nation. Yeah. Actually, no, just period. period. Just period. Then it, everywhere. Uh, the U.S. have a good team, even though the last thing I'd like to see in this world is them do well. Yeah, I don't. Um, <laughs> that's the hater in me. Like, I, just, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Captain America, Pulisic, I, I read. Did you see the thing where he said to Tuchel, like, betray me because he didn't play me and he made... I was like, yo, get over yourself, bro. Anyway, but, um, and then it's England, right? So I, I would like to think that it'd be England and Wales. Me, yeah. Part of me feels it might be England and the U.S. I think so. I'm very Prove curious. Me wrong, Iran. Get it, get in there. I'm curious to see USA, Wales, because I feel like that, that, those two countries are a little more evenly matched, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like England, their kryptonite is the manager. Iran. Amen. Oh my God. Like I, I just. I thought I liked Southgate at the last Euros, but then when I look back and see the decisions he's made, like putting Sancho on the bench all the time, I'm like, well, play the man. <laughs> and then yeah. you put Saka in the last two minutes and then make him take a penalty. I'm like, yo, like, do you have no foresight? Do you do not think? Like, I just, <laughs> I don't like Southgate. I think they should go back to hiring foreign managers because all their English managers just suck. They're, they're awful. You know, two things. First off, Gareth Southgate is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer before the England team. Meaning, they came from like completely apathetic coaches before. There was controversy with Sam Allardyce. There was a bunch of like whatever. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of gave them the good vibes. You know? Yeah, fair like enough. The good times roll, you know. He's going to wear the, the jacket. You know, it's kind of a gimmicky dude. You know, like he wore, remember he wore like the three-piece suit or something like that? Yeah. He had the top hat and it became like his uniform stick. Anyway, and then like uh, at the end of the Euros, that's the second thing. At the end of the Euros, being a black soccer fan, the writing was on the wall. I saw, I was watching the game and I saw that he put in the three black boys. And, I, and you know, when you play soccer long enough, or you watch it long enough, you know, okay, you make subs at this time. This is for the penalties. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, these guys on average are 19, 20 years old. They're being put on specifically for a penalty shootout. I've never seen, I've seen maybe Rashford shoot a penalty. I can remember one when he scored against PSG. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. But he didn't have a good tournament. Yeah. So that plays on his confidence. Didn't start the game. Didn't play much in the game. Mm-hmm. They put him on for the penalty. At least he has experience. Sancho, I've never seen him shoot a penalty. No. And at that point, Saka hadn't either. As soon as they got on, I was like, if they score, fantastic. If they don't, racist abuse within the second. I was thinking the same where I was like, I just knew. I was like, this is a very high wire act you're doing right now. Like, it's it's way too much pressure. And it's a really messed up thing to say. But when I heard all the racial abuse that those players got, part of me wasn't surprised. And I think it's a, absolutely, it's, it's really sad that that was my gut instinct. But that's just the reality that I knew that this was going to happen. Especially in England, where they love their team so much that it kind of sucks for the players. Like, remember the effigies? They would burn Beckham. They would do, like, you know, they would put those Beckham scarecrow, like, make a scarecrow, put Beckham jersey on it, then they'll burn it. When, yeah. he card, when he got that red card against Argentina, I think, back, I forget what, 2098, I think. Yeah. 98? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Bro, like, and that's a good looking white dude with blonde hair. It, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, true. Bro, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, this, these fans are not, are not normal, you know? No, some of the chants are like, so disrespectful, vulgar, crass, you know, and 
<clears throat> they're sung like by thousands and thousands of people, you know? So yeah, I, I remember seeing that and being like, ah, this is not good. And like, just overall, like, you know, having Maguire in the team. Oh God. Tomori just won uh, Serie A last year. Mm -hmm. He was a big time player for them. Maybe, okay, he doesn't start, but why is Connor Cody there? Yeah, okay, Southgate has a thing where he he's only taking players in the Premier League, which I'm like, I think that's a mistake. Like, Tamori... wild. Tamori... Abraham didn't even get a look. Callum Wilson has had, like, a few good games. Don't get me wrong, Newcastle did yeah. well, but Abraham has had, like, a good 18 months. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's, he's just choosing... Like, apparently there's an investigative... I need to look it up again. But I remember years ago, I read this thing where it came, this came out after 2014 World Cup where they learned that the way the Brazil squad is selected is a marketing company that selects the squad and gives it to the coach as a suggestion. Or they are told you should go with this team. But at the same time, in defense of Brazil, they have so much talent that they could probably do that, right? And they can make it work because it's Brazil. But... When I, I, I need to look it up. I need to be, be fact-checked about that. But like the fact that that does happen and I'm like, yeah, that's messed up. So with England, I feel like Southgate seems to do that in a, by himself where he just picks a big-name player, looks at the FIFA ratings, like, okay, you're on. Mm -hmm. And also for Tamori, I kind of don't feel bad. <laughs> Here's why. Here's okay. why. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> he could have played for Team Canada. And he's oh, kind of, wow. So he was born okay, in... Keeping your receipts, huh? Yeah, so he apparently... Oh, oh man. The Derby group chat is just... <laughs> this comes up all the time. So like... Uh, so supposedly... Not supposedly. Apparently it's true. Where John okay. Herman... He's always... All the players he's got... Like Ustachio. He's like, Portugal is never going to call you up. Come play for Canada. And he said, okay. Now he's playing for Porto. And I think he, they just won the league last year. And now he's a very big name within the Portuguese league. And even the Portuguese national team were like... Oh, we could have called him up, but too late. Canada poached him pretty much. So he's going on, he's, you know, he's taking all these guys. And he went for Tamari. He said, you were born in Calgary. And you lived in Toronto, I think, for X amount of time. Then you went off to Chelsea and then Chelsea Youth Academy and so on and so forth. Oh, wow. So technically, you could play for Canada if you wanted to. Like E.K. Ugbo could have played for England or, or Nigeria, I think. But mm -hmm. he chose to play for Canada. Because he realized, oh, there's a really good program happening. There's a good momentum. And they have a very good chance of going to the World Cup. And Tamari would have been perfect on defense for Canada. That kind of experience, that kind of level, like amazing. But he was sold a dream to play for the Three Lions. And the rule is, if you, play if you get capped three national senior squads, I mean, uh, three games for the national team at the senior level, then you can't change countries. So he registered his third game during the qualifiers. And then that means you're not playing for Canada anymore. And then when they announce the squad, he's like, yo, tomorrow you're not on the squad list. And I'm like, bro. So what you get. <laughs> so the question I have for him is, what was more important, playing at the World Cup or playing for England and potentially not going to the World Cup? But I mean, yes, that's a great question. However, he's still young enough for another World Cup. So it might work out for him. Yeah, and you know, maybe uh the Euros are in two years, right? So yeah. so maybe the Euros would be the time where he gets his, his time to shine. And uh I mean, who knows the reasons why people kind of make the decisions they make. Maybe it was purely a ambitious goal of like, yeah, if I go with England, 
you know, maybe chances are of me starting are less likely. But if I do start, if I do make the squad, I might potentially win the whole thing, right? By yeah. the whole thing, I mean like the World Cup or the Euro, the Euros. Um, maybe his family, you know, feel more English, yeah, Canadian. Uh, but I think he also has like Nigerian roots, so I'm not mistaken. So yeah, uh, you know, it's 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 complicated, but he, I think he's kicking himself now for sure. Yo, for real, man, he's kicking himself. I don't know. It's just um... he's hating on Southgate. Like he has a picture of him he's throwing darts at it bro i think it's more proper to hit on southgate because why the hell are you taking mcguire i never i just i just don't get it i don't get why southgate loves mcguire i get like he had a he was amazing in the last world cup he was amazing he was really good the last euros i'll give him that but you gotta value based on recent performances and mcguire is not he he ain't it he's not it like he's just i just i don't know i just i Something, but I don't know. It just, it just feels like, but, you know, I think my one thing that like, when I saw Maguire, I was like, okay, he's really not the player he was maybe a couple of scenes ago. Mm -hmm. um, he did have an excellent Euros despite, I think he didn't play that well that season either. And I think there were questions even then about like, yeah, okay. I remember. But there's a difference between not playing well, which I think was the case back then. And now he's kind of been found out or he looks like he's just a liability. Mm. Those are two different like levels of performance, right? Where if you're just playing not too well, you think, okay, just a few good games, and you know, and I'll I'll get back, or just a few minutes under under my belt, and I'll get back to the tip top. But now he looks like he's a liability to like the teams that he plays for. Yeah, I wonder, like, even if he does like step his game up from where he is now, even stepping his game up might not be good enough for England. You know? Yeah, I don't. I just. I don't know. Calvin Phillips is going and he's barely played any football like at all. I forgot he's even at United. Is at City. Even, at City. Sorry. Oh, wrong. He hasn't, he hasn't started or I don't think he's played a competitive game for them. Bro, I haven't, I forgot. I still thought he was still at Leeds. No, he said City and uh, Kyle Walker is also injured. So it's like, I mean, but that, that I get because he's, he's not ruled out. Reese James is ruled out. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, they're taking Trent, but it's like, I don't know, like normally you don't take so, so many players that are kind of kind of compromised, but I feel like in this World Cup, even uh, even Son, isn't he like... Oh, he's on the squad. Kind of, he's on the squad, but like he was injured recently, so he's not like, yeah. he's not nearly at 100%, but... I think he's I missing mean, the first game or two. I mean, a, a player of his stature in a team that doesn't have that many players of his stature, mm -hmm. he has to start, you know, but... Or he has to be on the squad. But it's like, it's kind of sad that like so many of the players that we look forward to seeing in such a huge tournament are either injured and not playing mm -hmm. or they're coming in with some knocks. So they might not be the players that we uh, expect them to be. Yeah. But okay. Do you know, do you know which country I think will do really well? Like a dark potential dark horse is uh, Denmark. Oh, okay. I think, I think the whole Christian Eriksen thing galvanize the team to be like, you know, like, because like, they had a really good Euros. They did. Uh, they had a really good Euros, even despite what happened. They played well, and I think that motivated them. And something tells me they're riding on that, uh, they're riding on that wave, and also kind of this idea, the way they come around, around Ericsson, they're like, we're going to do this for you, man. And he's also been playing really well at United. 
don't know. I, what a story. Well, it's a good story. So I, I, I hope Denmark go do, does well because their group is the group is you know it's doable. It's uh wait where did it go? Their group is Australia, Denmark, France, Tunisia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Australia competitive, but I think they come in second after France. Oh. <laughs> wait, do you think? I think the European curse is real. I think France is going to choke. Oh, you think like, okay, so you think the curse didn't happen during the Euros? You think it's going to happen now? They just don't make, you don't think they're going to make it out the group? My hot take. <laughs> uh, but, but then you see Australia and I can't think of, I like, I like, I, I like, I like Australia, but I can't see them making it out. Denmark, yes. Tunisia. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. There's something about France this year that's making me feel weird about them. There's, there's, there's a, a lot of, uh, a lot of players missing, and even the players that are there, in, you know, Benzema just won the Ballon d'Or, but he's not. He's been injured. Maybe he's yeah. been saving himself for this. Griezmann, Atletico is not having the best seasons. No, awful season. Dembélé is just being Dembélé, which is like could be one of the best players I've ever seen one day, and then just be completely absent the next. Mbappe could. I mean, Mbappe is still a beast. He's still a beast, but he can get a bit petulant sometimes. Yeah, and he's used to playing. I mean, when he's in France, he's used to playing with like Pogba, who would give him that service. Or when he's at PSG, he's playing with fucking Neymar and Messi. You know, so. Yeah. Um, will he get the service? Will he start moaning about if he doesn't get what he wants mm-hmm. at uh, exactly the time that he wants it? Because he, he's been known to do that recently as well. And just that midfield for me just feels completely like, I don't know. I just, for me, the midfield is like the biggest problem. And I think yeah. I found out even last year, like it felt like they, you know, when they're being run through like by Switzerland. You oh know, yeah, I was having a field day versus them. Yeah, and um, they were they were scoring goals, but they were conceding a lot too. So Bro, Switzerland beat France on penalties at the Euros. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I remember just thinking, I was like, wow, that's that's incredible. But okay, what a game by the way, because it's three one oh, and three three. That was an incredible game. But I would say France. Okay, France makes it out of the group stage, but round of sixteen, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see them going to the quarterfinals. I would be happy if it turned out to be like France and Canada and Canada beats France. I'd be like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Samuel Piet scores a hat trick. Oh my God. So happy. <laughs> oh, wow. You're dreaming now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. La France. Oh my God. But you know, my hot take, Belgium don't make it out their group. I could see that. Our group. I could see that. That yeah. would be... Because okay, and we finish. If they do finish, if they do make it out of the group, they finish behind us and by us. For those who don't know, yeah, uh, you know the maple, the maple, yeah, maple yeah. leaf mafia. <laughs> oh yeah, cheers for having a cheeky drink. Yes, indeed. Mm. But yeah, um, do you know who? Can, oh, okay, can I play Japan today? I don't know if you noticed. Oh no, I didn't. I, there's so much football happening right now because of the like World Cup. Yeah, uh, they played good. Canada played against, especially against Japan, a very technical team. Like 
if I were to compare Japan's style to any of the countries in our group, it would be closer mm-hmm. to Croatia in terms of the okay. very, very technical, very comfortable under pressure. Um, they focus on moving the ball a lot. And it's yeah. uh, like Japanese style of football is actually really fun to watch because that's why Iniesta went to Japan because that fits his style, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and Canada beat them convincingly but just by, I didn't watch the game, but based on what I've been told is that uh, Canada was just dogging them. They were just like in their face being physical and because they just, because their players are bigger than, than the Japanese players. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times Japan was turning over balls because of just high pressure, like very physical tackles. Watch the highlights. I think you'll, you'll notice the difference where Canada kind of went Premier League on old school Premier League on Japan and then Japan kind of cracks. Mm-hmm. And I think that can work on two types of teams, either teams that are not that good. So respectfully, I mean like Morocco, I say that respectfully. Yeah. Or teams that like are good, but are physically not at their peak, which I think is both Belgium and Croatia. Yeah. Because they're both uh, like, you know, Belgium, I think they had 2018 was their moment to shine. They I think it was when it. all their players were like, you know, operating and like, like I, I remember Hazard, he lost the game versus, they lost the game versus France, but I rarely saw such like he, incredible solo performance. He, was he balled insane. out. Like insane. I was sad that Belgium lost because I thought they deserved to go to the final. I really did. Because like, this is a generation that they will never see again. No. Well, who never knows? Well, you never know, I guess. But not for a while. Not for a while. That was special. That was special. It's, I felt bad. I'm like, oh, I really want to see this Belgian team go, but I just, I can't see it. I don't see them anymore. They're, they peaked. It's over. And yeah, and Lukaku's not fit. Hazard is, I don't know if he's fit, but he hasn't been playing a lot. Hasn't been playing. Uh, everyone is four years older. Oh, yeah. Um, the Brian is still a beast. He's still a beast, but like, who's he going to be servicing and who? Tor- Torgan Hazard? To finish it? To, to put the ball yeah. in the back of the net? I don't know. Like Carrasco? Is he even he on the squad? Been, he's on the squad. He, he, okay. He's one of those guys that always makes his squad. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Bitfield's on the squad. Like, yeah. I just think, I think Batchwright's on the squad. Like, you know, so it's like, mm. I'd be shocked if Ben Dick's on the squad. That'd be hilarious. But, uh, Do you know who would be? Liverpool's god, Divo Carigi. I don't think he made the squad. Why not? I don't think he made the squad. Why? Yo, what did he, I'm not even saying this as like a meme. Like, this, he shows up in big games. I honestly, I'm not sure he actually made the squad. Wait. That's, that would be disappointing because I think, because I, I just, I don't know. I like him. I really like, uh, I just like oh. Origi. Nope. He's not in the squad. They messed up. They messed you up. You know who's in there? Who? Interesting. Ben Tiggy? Um, Remember Doku? He had a good... Uh, oh! Know. Oh, I like him. Is he still good, though? Like, I mean, uh, he had the, yeah, he had the nice one idea. great game. You know who's in there? Jeez Methens is in there. Crazy. Still? I know. Wild. Uh, Leandro Trostar. Oh, I've heard that name in a while. Brighton. He's been playing well this year. Okay. But, um, yeah, up front, they're looking very light, very light. It's a skeleton crew. Yeah. I'm not seeing anything here that's going to trouble too many teams, especially a team, like you said, like ours that can be physically dominant. Um, Do you know? Yeah. 
you know one thing I was saying I was saying this to someone I was like of course I want to see Canada do well but part of me is like if Canada does really well Montreal's losing all the best players in the in the offseason yeah because Montreal sent the most amount of players in the MLS to the World Cup uh, the one the only club that sent six players to the World Cup wow and that, yeah Isma Kone the rumor has it that he's going to Sheffield United or to Norwich and I think okay. that He's had a really good season. And if he does a really good World Cup, it's, his bags are, he, he's gone. Ismail Kone, uh, Kamal Miller, and Alistair Johnson are good enough to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel Waterman. I don't think he'll go anywhere else, but I could, I could see a bigger MLS team going for him because this guy, is a, he has a Jamie Vardy story. Playing CPL football three, three, four years ago. Makes it to the East Coast final of MLS. And is considered one of the most underrated defenders in MLS. And now he's going to the World Cup. All in three years. And I'm like, that's really impressive rise. And hey. I love him. Samir Piet. Okay, now Samir Piet. Mitchell will never get rid of the Kiwikov player. So he's, he's staying pit, He's staying fit. He's staying uh, put. And uh, James Pantamis, he's a backup goalie. So yeah, I, don't think, I don't think he'll see any game time. But, but yeah, like uh, that being said, we already lost. Montreal already lost Mihalovic to Almar. A.K. Az Almar. Alkmar. Is it Al- Alkmar? Al- Alkmar? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't, don't know. see me talking about. Yeah, yeah. So he's already gone. Kone is already going to be gone. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's leaving. So that's mm-hmm. two of our starting center mids gone. Uh, I don't know. So I, I hope Canada does well. But at the same time, I was like, I know what this means for Montreal. We're losing our dudes. But then again, it's also like um, a great showcase of what the team has to offer. And I think mm. if we lose such players, but then we are clever about what we get from the sales and stuff like that, then I hope, you know, it's, it'll be a good, uh, you know, cause at the end it's kind of a, it's a business, right? So I think if we can kind of make it worth our while on the transfer market and people kind of feel like, all right, like going to Montreal isn't a parentheses in my career. Like I can use that to showcase my talent. Cause look at these guys, they came from this team and they went to the mm. World Cup and then they went to wherever they might go. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you want to keep the players, but then I'm saying like, worst I comes hope, to worst. Can yeah, worst comes to worst. Like, like, yeah, like you said, it's a business. And I think I, well, for me, I hope is that at least it, at least it legitimizes Montreal on the global market. We're like, okay, these, this club has talent, could scout for talent. They can produce talent. It's like, let's pay more attention to this MLS club. I, that's on, but I'm selfish. I don't want that. I want to win MLS with these guys. I just want yeah. to win MLS. I, that's all I care about. Because I'm, I'm fucking fed up of hearing TFC fans singing a goddamn song, the Olululululu Montreal, Aleo, forever in our shadows, Montreal. I know the song so much because Tugwa does sings it to my face every day. And I'm like, it's... <laughs> anyway, it's yeah, so fed up. <laughs> so fed up. Yeah. And like with, it's funny because um, being a Montreal living in Toronto, I always kind of like, I'm cheeky and I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of imply that, you know, Montreal is not, we're not the biggest fans of Toronto. And because people in Toronto are kind of oblivious to like this rivalry, they kind of go, oh yeah, what? <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> damn, I, I prefer animosity to indifference. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'd rather be hated on than someone just like, oh, oh yeah, I didn't even know you guys had a problem oh, with it. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh. You remember when we went to the game, you and I, uh, Montreal TFC? Yeah. I was going to say impact, but I had to stop myself. Uh, <laughs> Montreal TFC, 
when uh, we scored and then we started having like, we made quite a bit of noise. Yeah. And then fucking Altidore scores it. Like the last game, last, last kick of the game. Last kick of the game. Yeah. Free kick. I remember. Yeah. And they let us have it a little bit. They were kind of like, gosh, you know. <laughs> like, everybody's like, ah. Ah, 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 go back to Montreal. Ah, I got... oh, I'm like, oh, I was, I, part of me was like, yeah, okay, we, we deserve it. But also, I felt like, more comfortable. I'd have been uncomfortable in the other way. If we were TFT fans in Montreal, you know, having yeah. scored and then giving it to him, and then this, I'd have been, and if we're like not far, we're like in, among a sea of Montreal fans, I'd have been yeah. like, oh shit, this might like, I might get a beer thrown at me, you know what I mean? Because I noticed, I noticed, um, TFC fans, if you're not in with the ultras, everyone's pretty family friendly for the most part. Yeah, I saw a bunch of kids and I was like, this is not going to be any. Like, but like the kids were the ones who were talking to us and like, why are you here? And I was like, ah, it's fine. If the <laughs> older guys are saying like, shut the fuck up, I'm like, okay. okay now it's it's, it's going to get spicy. Now, yeah, it is. <laughs> now, we, now, now it's a game, yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, I remember um, like recently in Montreal, oh man, this is one guy. I don't know if I told you. This is one guy in the stadium, oh, I need to know his name. I need to, I need to ask his name next time I see him. He comes to every game and I see him at every game. And the last time it was a TFC game and he's in the front row and he always gets a front row and he's always leaning over the fence, like the, the barrier mm-hmm. to just like, just to talk shit to the players and to the refs, to, especially the linesmen because the linesmen as of late have been awful, but he's always talking trash. He goes to English, French, uh, Italian, Spanish, and mostly in French. But then he just goes through all languages to find out which one you speak. And yeah. then, so there's one player, Crescito, uh on TFC. I think he speaks Spanish, if not Italian. I think he might be Italian. Uh, I forget. But like, let's assume he's Italian. The guy who started talking trash to him in Italian. And then at some point, he looked, Crescito looked and kind of laughed. And then I was like, oh no, not, not a smart move. Because now he knows what language you speak. So he just kept going. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> and at some point, he got mad at the, the linesman because the linesman was making bad calls and he just took out like cash from his, uh, from his wallet. He was like, how much? How much? <laughs> I was like, how much do you want? It was against NYCFC at the East Coast Final and I looked at him and I'm like, yeah, how much ref? How much do you want? Like, <laughs> we, need, we, need to get the, we need to start winning here. But, uh, but yeah, um, I wonder who we support. Okay, actually, who are you supporting for the World Cup besides Canada? Support, that is a very good question um i would have to say uh brazil mm. i'd say brazil uh i'm for the african teams too of course you know out of solidarity yeah um and you know a team i'd like to see do well you'll be happy i'm just i'm not just saying that because it's you south korea yeah yeah because i like sometimes teams that you know fly under the radar mm-hmm. but are good teams and that will make some people upset. Yeah. But I, I, I'd love that. I'd love them for them to go really far. And it's just people who are just haters, just the hate. And is yeah. Yeah. And I'm saying this as an Arsenal fan. And that means Son would be going far. So that, that tells you a lot. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I, yeah. And I was going to say Senegal because I was really going to, I was really like, my two dark horses were really Senegal and South Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that Sadio Mane is not, you know, gonna play. I just don't see them. I see them. They lost their talisman. They lost their captain. They lost their best player. And from now, I'm like, you know what? 
for my, I want Brazil to win just because I feel like it's the best team out there. And I really, I really like this team. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious to see what Neymar is going to do. Because last time he was completely, he was a complete distraction. Yeah. Uh, and he's always been a distraction, I feel, because even when they lost 7-1, they walked around with his jersey like he died. And I'm like, guys, you're playing a semifinal yeah. uh, for your country, in your country. Yeah. Forget about him now. Just like focus, you know, um, whether that's his fault or not, he's always been a distraction. But I feel now the team is so good because even like, their bench, wherever they start, their bench could go far in the World Cup. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, some people say Messi, uh, sorry, Argentina, but I just like Messi and not really anyone else on the team. So, if I have to decide two teams that I want to see go far, I want Brazil to win it. Realistically, I don't think South Korea win it, but I want them to go really far and hmm. make a statement. I want a Korea-Canada final. That's what I want. Who would you root for? I was actually asking myself this question at some point earlier in this conversation. I like genuinely, know. like if it was a final and let's say, okay, let me put this scenario for you, right? Uh, you had to go watch the game either with, uh, you know, the Derby team, who are going to be full on team Canada yeah, or with your family. Oh man. Korea. Cause. You know, I didn't think that far. The only, only reason why, because I think I'm denying myself. I, to me, I was like, it's a win-win situation. I don't care. To me, it's a win-win. It's kind of it's like Real Madrid-Liverpool final. I was like, I, I love both teams. So for me, it's like, it's a win-win. Mm -hmm. But in terms of story, it has to be Canada. Because they haven't been to the World Cup in 30 oh. years. But that story, in terms of what it felt like in 2002 to have that feeling again, it's it's got to be Korea, right? Mm -hmm. And also, I got it. Also, in the context of multiculturalism, let's say people always sleep on Asian countries. They just don't, for whatever reason, the Asian people don't really get that respect when it comes to sports, other than like skating and and like yeah, and gymnastics. But when it comes to like sports with a little more machismo vibe to it, Asian countries don't get that. I don't know why we just don't get that uh, recognition. And. And also, I think this will legitimize Sun. I was like, if Sun doesn't get the Ballon d'Or, and let's assuming he won top goal scorer, best performance in the tournament, wins the World Cup of Korea, and he doesn't even get listed or recognized, then that will confirm that this Ballon d'Or ceremony is stupid, absolutely stupid, and that they're low-key racist towards Asians. That's a, that, I mean, you're absolutely right, because uh, I was just thinking about it right now. Modric in 2018, he won it. Did Real Madrid win the Champions League that year? Yeah, they won it that year. But then Modric had a really good year, to be fair. He had a good year and he had a very good uh, World Cup too because he got all the way in the final. He scored that goal against Argentina. He, he carried but that team. But you didn't answer my question. Like, if you had to take to go watch the final, I'm not, I'm not even saying like the Derby team. Let's just put it even like this way. Like, you have to stay in Montreal, be with the family, be with the people who will be a team career and that are part of your life and have been forever. Or you have to come to Toronto and be part of the Derby team. It's like you can only choose one and you're committing because you're traveling where you're staying put. Where are you going? What are you doing? It's like that same question where my friends, my Korean friends would ask me, if Korea and Canada went to war, who would you fight for? And I'm like, oh, bro. But. <laughs> okay, that's yeah, that's true. It's an, oh my God, Korean people. Always, a little higher in that one. No, Koreans ask themselves this question all the time because we, we, you know, there's a military conscription that we have to do. I don't have to because I'm Canadian. So yeah, I just yeah. Canada. I just Canada. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like in, ter- in terms of that war question, I choose Canada because like I don't know what it's like to live in Korea or be Korean in Korea. I just know yeah. what it means to be Korean in Canada, which means yeah. being Canadian in Canada. Um, yeah. It's I got it. I really don't know how to answer this. I really don't. Um, I guess I have to choose Canada. I I I, I guess I have to. I yeah, because like for me, it's just. Korea's been in the World Cup since the 80s. And Canada, imagine, first time in the World Cup since in 36 years, and they win it. I'm like... Uh, Only the second time in the World Cup, yeah. Yeah. So to me, it's like, it's got to be Canada. It's like, dude, this is very highly unprecedented. It's destroying the script. It's flipping the table. It's it's changing everything about how we understand football. And how it's... Like, it'll remind everyone why it's the beautiful game. Because mm-hmm. losers and the small ones have their chance to shine all respect to korea but they're still a powerhouse in the region they've been about korea's been a powerhouse in asia when you talk about yeah. asian football you have to talk about japan and korea and saudi arabia in iran you have to talk about them in Concacaf, it's always been mexico can mexico usa that's it maybe jamaica costa rica honduras and el salvador so you know i yeah i choose i choose canada um just to see my boy Piet lift that trophy and wow and also come on miller all the Montreal no, is going to be recorded and shared <laughs> know that all right <laughs> and uh, it's it's a hard it's a hard question man it's like this is on record bro like imagine rwanda or canada rwanda easy simple yeah ask me why why don't say because i'm rwandan no because i mean i i've spent most of my life in canada so it's like not that straightforward but uh, it'd be the exact reasoning you had for Canada because everything is relative, right? So powerhouse, mm-hmm. Korea, if you think about Korea and you, you say it's a powerhouse, I'm a soccer fan, I'm a football fan, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. If you don't know the sport, you're like, are there really a powerhouse? So, yeah. In relation to Canada, Rwanda is definitely, you know, the B-side in terms of, you know, football relevance. So for us to just get to the final would be crazy and to win it, it would be, mm. it'd be something that like, wherever the world would be 200 years, we would still be talking about. Whereas yeah. in Canada, like we'd be very happy, but then it would be, uh, you know, put in there with, you know, our hi- history with uh, other sports, right? Mm. And yeah, I think it would just be one achievement among others and it would change things. But in Rwanda, like also I can just picture myself being in Rwanda, celebrating it and it would just be a better party for me over there. <laughs> I'm going with you if that happens. And, oh, I'm inviting everyone. Or my Canadian friends. I'm like, guys, it's okay. We we lost, but we won. You know, like <laughs> I, I told you this, right? Next time we go to Rwanda, I want to go. Like I've been thinking about going back to anywhere in Africa for the last year. Like when I was in, like when I was doing, did that one month trip in Europe, I was asking myself. My friend asked me, he's like, where would you go next if you had another one month trip? Where'd you go? And I was like. I think I want to go to Africa. They're like, really? Because like people don't think about going to Africa, right? When they do, they think about Morocco or Egypt. But I was like, you know, I've been to Kenya and Chad. And when I, that was almost, that was more than 10 years ago now. And I just remember, I, yeah, I remember all the racial comments on uh, all the Jackie Chan and, and, and Ching Chong comments I got. But despite that, I still had an amazing time. I still loved it there. And I, I don't know, I just, I felt very comfortable there in a weird way. And um, I want to go back. I want to go to Rwanda. And uh, 
Yeah, I just want to go to Rwanda. I, I've been thinking about hey, that. Man, we'll make it happen, bro. You won't even have to stay in a hotel or nothing. Oh, my God. My place. I just don't Whether play I'm footy. There or not. I just don't play footy. I want to play footy with you there. I, that, to me, that's really what I want to do. Oh, yeah, you'd love it because I know like some spots that like you're on a hilltop and you're looking out because it's, you know, the country of the thousand hills, so the hills everywhere. Yeah. So you play like at sunset and the sun is setting, but you're playing on top of a hill and you can see mm-hmm. all the hills around you. And then it's like at a place where there's also a bar. So we do that and then we go have drinks. Yo, does okay. that sound like heaven? Next summer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, that's that's on record too. Just know that, just uh, like your your Korea take, and <laughs> this is on record as well. So I can rewind this and send it to you. Like, remember talking about this earlier? I'm I'm telling you, like every day I've been because like I have another chance to go travel for a week uh, this winter because we're closing down the restaurant for a week, and I was asking myself like, where 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 do I want to go? And then my sister's like, do you have to go somewhere? I'm like, yes, I just I. I I kind of want to, <laughs> I kind of want to dip all the time. You don't and, get uh, it. I do. I, I gotta go. Yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I, I legit thought I was like, I thought about, okay, what about, um, what about Morocco? And I was like, that's ah, a little too far for a week. And I was like, ah, a little too far. I was like, Nigeria, same thing, a little too far for a week. Eh. I was like, all right, I'll just stay and probably go to States or something. But there's something, you, yeah. there's something you, you were saying about between Canada and Rwanda, which made me realize something about, um, why I would want to choose Canada over Korea is because I realized that soccer is still not completely legitimized in Canada. It's still seen somewhat as the immigrant sport, right? But like, I kind of wish more Canadians in particular, if I'm, if we're being honest, like white Canadians to understand as like, yo, this is a good sport. It's entertaining. It's fun. Yes. They cry a lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. You can make the comparisons like, oh, these guys would die on a, on a rink. Yes. They, problem yeah sure but like it's like the but you don't get these underdog stories in hockey anymore mm. you don't get it like i mean like the canadians are the underdogs now when they are were the big boys and they deserve their time in the sun and i want to see that happen but in football that still exists like leicester city winning is like my favorite season of premier league to this day mm-hmm. um you know yeah, Leicester City winning it is still one of my favorite uh, stories ever. And then to see Canada make it through, I wouldn't know what that would mean for football in Canada and what how it will legitimize the sport. And also people actually wanting to spend money and invest in the game and actually take it seriously. You know, like when we would play here, no one cared. No one gave a shit. They were just like, oh, whatever. That's weird immigrants do that thing. And, and it's not taken seriously. And then I, if, they, if they do well, you know, I know uh, Stat Saputo will be filled every game. People will be interested. More money will come into the game and hopefully manage properly. Um, I hope that the heads of Canada Soccer stop exploiting the players and pay them what they owe and hope that with more notoriety that the mainstream public would know the story of how Canada Soccer is being run and that they put pressure on them and be like, yo, like, this is not okay. Our athletes deserve better. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I don't know. And also like Canada still, there's still a lot of racism in Canada. And I hope that those people see this national team and say like, this is what Canada looks like, you know? And like for me, for us growing up, all the teams we played at, that ethnic composition of Team Canada, that's how most of our teams look like anyway when we were growing up. Amen. Yeah. So to me, this is like, uh, for me, I was like, for once, the rest of the country could see the way I grew up. 
the way mm. I watched the game, the way I loved it and celebrated it. And I just hope that people see that. Because in Korea, soccer is already established. Yeah. Already, like, Son of Man's a god. Like, he can go anywhere. Right, he's so. Yeah. yeah. Like, he can go to the busiest, hottest restaurant and they'll make a table for him. They'll kick someone out. Like, Son is here. He get out. Because, yeah. You know? I would give him my table. Oh, just for a picture? I, I would do that too. I was like, you can have my table. I just want a picture and then I'm good. I'm, I'll do it. I think I'd ask for like something signed. Signed? Yeah, it's like signed. Like, would you, would you have somewhere and like a picture? Not just a picture. But I, I'd have to. But you have to choose between a picture or autograph. Autograph. Oh, autograph of a Korea jersey because I can never accept saying that I'd take an autograph on, on a Tottenham jersey. <laughs> yeah, I'd take an autograph specifically on his uh, national team jersey. But what if it was like, what if he only had a Tottenham jersey with him? If he only had a Tottenham jersey, I would shake his hand, tell him I want a picture, but please put that away and then have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, um, oh, son, he's such, I, I love how everybody loves him. That's what I'm happy about. Yeah. I mean, he's, he seems like a very wholesome individual, even though I don't know much about him mm-hmm. because he doesn't really like, I think the vault or maybe um the places where i kind of get my information on like soccer yeah. players and their inner like lives and stuff he doesn't no he doesn't I don't think he shares that much about himself um he's pretty I private think he's just an ultimate pro an excellent player um, and a worthy rival like i genuinely feel like him and tottenham getting good has made for some for a while there that's the only thing i was looking forward to is playing tottenham as Arsenal and winning. So uh, now he's been great for the Premier League too because he's been so exciting and he's one of these guys who doesn't matter who's in front of him, he's going to go for you. He's going to go for the jugular. He's going to yeah. try and like, he's, he often plays like he's trying to ruin the person he's playing against. Like he's going after their reputation. You know, there's nothing cool and collected. It's like yeah. 100 miles an hour all the time. It's like fighting is necessary. He's he's ruthless. He's uh, merciless. He really is. Yeah, like that's why it's fun watching him because he's ambidextrous. That's what makes him even better. Like he when he puts his head down and like just is sprinting at guys. I remember was it against West Ham or Burnley? Burnley. Whew, man, that goal was impressive. It wasn't like it wasn't like necessarily any skill because he wasn't like doing crazy step overs, but it was the pure physical strength it took to just go past and Burnley these guys are trying to take him out yeah they're not just trying to get the ball at this point they're trying to take him out by the halfway line <laughs> and just like the physical prowess it takes to just go past 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 and the composure because at the end he has a really beautiful finish yeah so it's like no he's a baller but um who are your picks by the way I don't think you I don't think I asked you honestly Canada Korea but if it's not them if I had to be a realist um, I think realistically, our, I I really do think the big favorites that are realistically going to make it is between Argentina, Brazil, and Portugal. Um, I keep saying Portugal. I think in Europe they seem they feel like the most convincing team right now, and I. But if I absolutely had to choose, it, Wales. Ooh. Wales, I I have a very big I have a very big soft spot for Gareth Bale, and I love underdogs. Um, maybe even Germany. Something about Germany, I like I like what they're about. You've been sleeping on Germany, huh? 
Yeah, but I just want to see a new winner. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean, and I I don't want to see a European winner. Yeah, I'm I'm. That's why I'm really sad about Senegal because Senegal was my team. Yeah. Now with Sadio Mane out, I'm like, nah. I've been 20 years of European winners. So, I mean, even if it is Brazil, even if it, it's, it's not so. Oh, it's well, yeah, it's been 20 nation. years. Yeah, it's the most successful nation in the, in the tournament. It would still be a breath of fresh air just because it's not Germany, France, or Italy that won it. To be, what France winning, I felt good. I was like their first World Cup because I view things more of who won it the first time. Uh, with Germany, uh, I mean, Germany, I, when they beat Brazil 7-1, I'm like, okay, you, you deserve it. Um, with Spain winning, I loved it because the first time winning, it was long overdue. And also that final was good because it was the most violent final I've ever seen in my life. And um, and I was exciting because I was like, we're going to see a new winner for the first time in I don't know how long. That's true. Like, it doesn't matter who wins. It's going to be a new winner. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't want to see Brazil win. Because I, I like the fact that they have five. Keep it five. Six is the double number. So don't get six. <laughs> um, I want to see Argentina win. But I also feel like the hardcore Messi Ronaldo fans, completely unbearable. And that's what hesitates That's what hesitates me about Portugal as well. But then they never won it. So I was like, they also kind of deserve it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going with Wales because I have a huge soft spot for Gareth Bale. I still remember that 2016 or 2012. No, 2016. 2016 Euros, where they made the semifinal, they lost to Portugal. True. And everyone kept talking about Iceland. I was like, guys, why are we sleeping on Wales? Like, like this, yeah, no, you're right. This is a rugby country. This is not a footballing country, you know? No. And no, they not. they killed it. They were good. They were they won convincingly. Portugal did not win convincingly. Wales won convincingly each game. Yeah, no, they they really did. And you know, it's funny because you're mentioning Wales and Iceland. And it's something that I was, I've been thinking about recently is that so much of the press around this World Cup has been negative, yep. has been divisive, has mm -hmm. been controversial uh, and all other you know, synonyms and very little to do with the actual sport. It's so sad. It, it's very sad. So I'm wondering and I'm hoping that this World Cup, because it's so open, like I remember 2018, you know, at the beginning, there are some clear favorites. I don't think France were among the favorites, but there are like three teams that people were like, okay, yeah, they're probably going to win. I think it was like Belgium because they were ranked number one at that point. I think England maybe it was one of the, yeah. I think maybe not Germany because the, you know, defending it is also is normally very No, I think France but... was among favorites because they were just the most complete squad. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I think there was also like maybe Brazil because they had Neymar, Coutinho, mm. Firmino. So they were oh, a yeah. team. And they had like, you know, they had the pride on the line. But this year, it's so open. Yeah. All the big teams feel good, but they still feel like they are vulnerable to uh, going down to just a team, to any team on any given day. And I think the sport or everything around the sport, if you think about it, it's kind of crazy to be a, a soccer fan. Yeah. There's so many things wrong with the sport. There's so many things that are still messed up about it. Yeah. Like we talked about, you know, casual racism with you no know, casual. Or no, we talked about racism casually. Yes. Like it's expected. Yeah. It's uh, up. You know, you talked about how like people kind of look down on South Korea and even though it's a powerhouse, 
and how when it comes to team sports or sports where you said like the requirement of machismo, uh, countries from Asia are not looked at um, no. with a certain respect that they deserve. We, we said that casually and I didn't even go like, oh yeah, really? I was like, I know exactly what you mean. When I said that, when we were talking about uh, Bukayo Saka and Sancho and Rashford. Uh, Rashford coming on and we both were like, all right, cool. We know what time it is. They're going to come up with the bullshit. Yeah. So, and if you think about like all the corruption we just mentioned, you know, beforehand, all the, oh my God, like it's, it's there's so much wrong with this sport that <laughs> you can easily like feel like, why am I even invested in this thing? Am I even like, is this wrong for me? Is it ethically wrong for me to be, you know, uh, so invested in, in the sport, yeah. but there's so much harm and it's so like vile sometimes. So I hope this tournament will be a beautiful one that makes you go like, I don't know why I'm still here, but sometimes things like these remind me, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, that's why I love the game. Like, you know, for me, it's, um, I'm coming up with a new season of Soccer Pilgrim. I think I'm have to post, push it after the World Cup. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I think I'll have to be after the World Cup where I'm treating the season will be focusing and approaching football as like a real religion. Like I, someone with a religion degree, how would I break this down? As if it was a real religion. And the beautiful thing about religion is that at some point in the ecstasy of salvation, people's identities don't really matter anymore. Because that, knowing that for in the Christian, using Christian language, you believe in Jesus, so you're saved. Me too. Uh, you're black, I'm Asian, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's like, you know, there's, there's that. And I think football really does that where you could go get on a pitch, play with dudes and all that kind of disappears. If any, if there's any racism, it's more like, oh, he plays this way because he comes from this country. But that's not hateful. It's more like it adds flavor to the game. It's like, that's his style. Okay, that's his style. That's this style. That's his style. Like, that's why I love playing in, in, in Montreal because all these people bring their own style of play from where they're from. And it just makes it a far more enriching sport. You're like, oh, like, this past summer, I played against um, a Nigerian team and a Venezuelan team. So much fun because they're two very different ways of playing. And uh, the Nigerian guys, they were a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun because when they start fighting amongst themselves, it's hilarious. They're so funny. <laughs> they're so funny. <laughs> the Venezuelan guys were like very offensive. They're very calm under pressure. The Nigerian dudes was, they try to counter any opportunity that they can and when they start countering it's kind of like a panic moment you're like shit my like if i'm playing on defense i'll push up too high and this guy's already two dudes are already behind me before he made that pass and i'm like oh my god and anyway, it's fun <laughs> but i love that it's fun you know and yeah not for sure well yeah but anyway um is there anything else that you'd like to add is there anything else that we need to add um i just you said something there that really caught my attention the ecstasy of salvation that's beautiful yeah. And I'm really looking forward to the next season where you kind of, because I, I think you always were gearing up towards this podcast that you're going to produce because we've often talked about football, we've often talked about religion and how it's actually kind of people follow it religiously and know like, like literally they follow it religiously mm -hmm. and there's instances of like people praying to Madonna, to Maradona, something like that, you know? Yeah. So I'm really, really excited for that. And I just hope that I understand why there's so many headlines with regard to this year's you know, World Cup. Um, it's definitely a divisive one. It's a controversial one. And, you know, 
let people keep writing the stuff about the World Cup and the things that are being said. But I also hope that we will soon be talking more about what's happening on the field as opposed to off of it. So yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping to feel the ecstasy of salvation. <laughs> I hope football will save us all. I hope so because, you know, as someone who used to be religious, there, you, whenever you, whenever I pray to go to church, there was a moment in that fervor of prayer. It was like, you realize you're like, oh, there's nothing better. It's almost like, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, there's just that feeling like oh, a lot of people say, like, well, if you do psychedelics, you get the same feeling. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Sure. Fine, fine, fine. But like, try to get that same feeling in a sober mind, state of mind is something else. And it's, um, yeah, it's because you have to work to get there. You have, you have to, to really, you know, put your mind, your heart, your soul in a place where yeah. it transcends everything. It's, it takes a lot of work to actually get there. It's like, it's like you, a football game, winning a football game. It's easy. Yeah. 90 minutes. Tough. Oh my God. And like, ugh. Especially when you make that one mistake, it sits with you for the rest of the week. You're like, oh, I can't, I can't believe I did that, you know? And it's, yeah, it's, um, but also like, but like you said, even when you worked hard and you still lost, you still feel good. Cause you knew, you know, that they were legitimately just a better team and we did our best and we worked hard and they respected us for our graft. And like, to me, that's a nice, uh, I always appreciate that silver lining. For sure. But yeah, but anyway. That being said, we're pushing almost an hour and a half. Oh my God, an hour 20. You see, it's so easy to talk to you, bro. Um, Likewise, man. Yeah. But I anyway. to the time right now when you said that. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. um, but that being said, first game uh, is Qatar versus Ecuador at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah. I don't know if I want to watch that, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I, I, anyway, but uh, I probably will tune in just because it's the first game of the World Cup. But anyway, that being said, um everyone listening who made it this far into the episode thank you for listening thank you for being an audience um ganji thank you for coming um always Thanks a clutch always a clutch guest and um now you talk about arsenal i feel like i should do another arsenal season revisiting all the same arsenal fans and how they feel uh, like i think and you should have us re-listen to the first one yeah and then like come back and be like all right <laughs> this yeah. is what I said. How this wrong was I? How correct? Yeah, I, I think I should do that. Oh, I'm definitely gonna do that. Okay. All right, you give me another another idea for a season. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> All right. To everyone listening, thank you for listening. Thank you for being audience. Uh, my name is Jason Jisoo Kim from Montreal. This is Soccer Pilgrim. Thank you. <laughs>